This is a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Today, wine and hip hop podcast meets wine and hip hop TV. It's Hip Hop History Month, and you know we like to respect the producer, so we wanted to salute one of hip hop's first super producers. Shit, he might be hip hop's first super producer. He produced for Big Daddy Kane, RZA before Wu Tang. LL Cool J, Busta Rhymes, The Lost Boys, even Miles Davis. But one of the things I'm most impressed by is that he worked with both Biggie and Tupac while they were alive on some of their most significant work. He's responsible for so many more hits than I can tell you right now. Check out the episode to learn more about this iconic producer. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more episodes of Wine and Hip Hop TV or our Food Parent Show. Tasting Notes from the Streets, where we pair our favorite foods from the hood with different wines from all over the world. Now let's get into it. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Welcome to Wine and Hip Hop TV, a deep dive into the footage of our critically acclaimed podcast, Wine and Hip Hop. So today we're going to take a look at some unreleased footage that shows y'all where our journey began. If I could have a glass of wine with any rapper, dead or alive, it'd probably be the Notorious B.I.G. Growing up in New York, Biggie embodied hip-hop so much that when we were putting our first shows together, the first guest that we connected with was some of the people closest to him. Junior Mafia Zone, Lil C's, and legendary hip-hop producer, Easy Mo B. During the first album, we was like this, almost together like every day. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, yo, dog. I used yo. to live on Clinton between Gates and Green. Mm. Like 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 Chub <laughs> right. like Chub Rock said. Yeah. I really did live on that block, Clinton between Gates and Green. And Big lived what? Waverly, Washington, St. James. Three blocks mm. away, around the corner from me. Yeah. That's crazy. So we was together back then almost, almost every day. He would just come over the crib or I'll go over there on Fulton on the strip. And then um, Lil C's and them standing out on the half. Like, Yo, what's up? Take a ride with me. And we would um, vibe out. I play beats to them. A lot of this, a lot of songs for the first album was created right in the car, man. Mm. Just riding. Man. That's how a lot of the best music comes up, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you. Easy Mo B was actually our first guest on Wine and Hip Hop. Before that, we blended the cultures on our original podcast called Taste the World. You gotta understand it too, you know him. It's like you being a you being you 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 being a taste tester. You, you do you into wine. Right. That's your profession. Right. As an yeah. artist too, big put stuff into it. You know, it was an artist form of it too. You mm-hmm. know what I'm right. saying? Like a lot of things were just thoughts and experience too. But he was putting it together for you to really realize it right. too. Right. So it was in the business way. It wasn't like he was coming outside every day telling his homeboys, "Yo, dog, I'm gonna stop this motherfucker." <laughs> so you evolved. You came up, and when I think about you, I mean. You're so synonymous with Bad Boy. You know, all the early Bad Boy projects. I mean, like most of Craig Mack's first album. Well, most of Craig Mack's album. Six songs on there. Yeah. That, uh, no, no, five. Five on there. And then and he had like, what, nine, ten songs, something like that? Um, As a total album, it was an average about 10 to 12. Uh, it's hard for me to remember. Mm-hmm. Project Funk the World. Mm-hmm. 
like your signature style is on there. And then also Ready to Die, right? Mm -hmm. All early bad boy, you know, that shit, that's, that's, that's the essence right there. How did you get involved with Bad Boy? How did you start producing with them? At that time, I was managed by, by Rush. Well, Russell Simmons, he had Rush Artist Management, but he created another division called Rush Producers Management. It was Francesca Sparrow, rest in peace, at Rush that told me to go up to a meeting up there to play some tracks for a new artist. <laughs> right. I go up there and the new artist is this dude named Biggie Smalls. And then Puffy and Andre, they telling me they had, you know, a new artist, another new artist, Craig Mack, you know. And from there, that's how it all tumbled from there. I started playing on tracks. We going in the studio recording. And they liked what they was getting from me. We was on a roll. I thought that I was coming to just do a couple of, one or a couple of tracks but they liked the chemistry. We realized pretty quickly that all we talked about was wine and hip hop. So we changed the name of the show. Now, on every episode, I ask guests to pick a song or a bottle of wine special to them. I pick a pairing and we discuss our choices on the show. Um, so for this particular joint, but I love the dough, I went with a um, 1997, Bellini, Montrachet, Laflave. Um, and now, and wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Didn't the album come out in <laughs> 1997? So you so you see you see the first. What, what uh, are we doing here? Descriptive factor. What are we doing right? here? All right. So the song that you picked was uh, uh, I love also. I mean, great choice of words. I love the dough. Now, yeah. why did you pick that song? The whole album had a variety of joints on there. To me, I loved the dough. It was, and it was only a few on the album. More, you know, the rest of the album was more grimy, but that was R&B. Mm -hmm. That also happened to be one of the shiniest, glossiest records on the album. Right. In terms of the texture, the, the songs, like he had a lot of gritty stuff. On that, that second album was a was a more polished direction they was moving in anyway. So this is yeah, this was the next notch up. And um, interesting about thing about I love the dough is that was meant for the first album. That was meant for uh, for Ready to Die. Yeah. I love the dough was meant for Ready to Die. The the sample. Yeah. Okay. That that beat. I presented that towards the end of the last album, mm -hmm. and all uh, public like, nah, man, man, what are we doing? So the second album Pump around. Was down a shiny suit song. <laughs> my, 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 mind you, mind you, on the second album, I submitted something like seventy something, almost eighty beats, and guess what? He turned all of them down because I was still coming with the ready to die approach. You know, mm -hmm. grind me, the, the, give me the lube, one. Yeah. And every time I came, he was like, nah, nah. So I'm looking at what the other producers is doing, how the album is taking shape. So I thought about when I, I presented the I Love the Dope concept right. in the, on the first album. I, I came back to him, I said, yo, so what about that I Love You More joint? And I remember he just said, he said, yo, so hook it up, nigga. 
<laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> so I went back home and I hooked it up. In the same day, I took that one and going back to Cali. I tracked the beat. Biggie and Jay-Z, they showed up. Mind you, R. Kelly was running over a little bit. I got there, I arrived on time for the session, but R. Kelly was running over a little bit. He was and I had to wait. And weird he, pop type of shit with masks. Nah, he was doing, <laughs> nah, he did the Biggie Uffin' You yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight joint right before. Mm -hmm. I was there for a while, got them done. And we waiting for Big to come to the studio. He came and he had Jiggle with him, Jay-Z, and... So you ain't even know he was gonna be on the song? Nah, I, I ain't know. Big had this plan all along, so... They, um... You know, they both didn't write down, so they mumbling to themselves and, like, walking around... Doing that thing. They, they, I don't know, they must have did that about... Almost an hour or something like that. Then Big, he came over to me, he stepped to me, and he was like... Yo, me and me and me and Jay, we gonna step out. Should we be back? And that was the last time I saw him. Mm. And I stayed. I remember last time you saw him. Period. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was the last time. I chose this bottle because the flavor is what the ballers drink. A song like "Love the Dough" is a soundtrack to my wine auction days. Seeing these bottles sell for tens and thousands of dollars. So here's my bro and business partner, Michael Jessen, an OG in the wine business, talking about why these bottles are so damn expensive. Wine, first of all, there's such a romance around it. And there's certain wines that are considered the best of the best, that have rarity, that are hard to get, that are considered the pinnacle of wine experience. For example, Burgundy. Um, Burgundy are some of the most expensive wines, and why there's very little of it compared to uh a wine you may see on the shelf at your local supermarket or wine store a lot of the bigger brand wines can be literally tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of case production and uh and uh not to even go into how the wines are made or the level of quality or what's going into it but something like a burgundy uh can be as little as a hundred cases, sometimes even less than that, uh, 50 cases, 25 cases. So one side of wines being really expensive is obviously when uh, the supply is low and demand is at a certain level where that thing intersects, you got a price theoretically, that's the economics of it. So supply and demand. So I chose Laflave because, Laflave specifically because they're just, they're a super prestigious uh, producer. Uh, from Burgundy, high-end, they definitely one of the greats. B.I.G.'s one of the greats. I have to admit though, not the average type of Chardonnay, white type of wine that I, I've drank before. I don't know, and this just feel like some ballish shit. You know, <laughs> this sounds like I should be drinking this, listening to I Love the Dough yeah. on fucking rooftop. It's just know? so crazy that you have a bottle from 97. I didn't have a classic wine education. Everything I learned came through conversations just like this. So the idea behind the show was to recreate that experience, the, the cultural exchange, if you will. Now, I walked away learning more about Big, and I know both of these guys walked away with a better appreciation of wine. That's what we do here at Wine & Hip Hop TV. 
but make sure you hit us up in the comments. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're drinking. Let us know what you're pairing. This was a moment in wine and hip hop brought to you by Crew Love.